In this devotion, I want to try to touch on some things that we can do with intention and purpose to draw closer to the Lord. Sometimes we go through things in life and maybe in our walk with God, we get to this place of discouragement and think, God, I don't know what to do next. I'm kind of at this stagnant place, if you will, in my walk with you and I don't know what to do. And it's in those moments when I don't know what to do that I can stand on what I do know is true. And that is his word. Keep the phrase in your mind, one thing. We're just trying to pinpoint one thing or dial in on one thing that I could work on today. One thing that I could take to the Lord in prayer and say, okay, Lord, here's an area. Here's a one thing that I could work on. Sometimes we can get overwhelmed and feel like I got to work on everything. But just to take it one moment, one thing at a time, what is one thing that I could work on in my relationship and my walk with God? So our first one thing is going to come from Psalms 27 and 4. One thing have I desired of the Lord that will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life and to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. So when I'm reading this verse, I want to ask myself some questions to help me better understand and apply this to my walk with God and to help me grow. So my first question is who? Who who is writing this? Who is saying this? And in this case, the writer is David. And in my mind, I'm thinking, well, I've heard David is a man after God's own heart. Man, if if David is saying this and he had God on his heart, I want to be able to do that too. I want to have that same mindset, that that same heart set, that same heartbeat, (laughs) if you will, servant's heartbeat. So the second question I want to ask myself is, is what is the focus? So here's a one thing that's kind of the phrase we're, we're, we're looking at. What is that one thing? And in this case for David, it was desire. So desire for where I dwell, desire for what I behold or look at, and desire for inquiring or considering or seeking after the Lord. So that's cool, David. You know, I I know you wrote this. I know you're a man after God's own heart. And I know that your one thing was desire, but how does that apply to me? Well, sometimes we, we have to step back and answer the question honestly, who or what has my desire? If something has my desire, it's going to have my attention. I'm going to look at it. I'm going to consider it, behold, and inquire. It's going to have my attention. I have to ask myself, honestly, does God have my attention when I find myself in a struggle, when I'm on the struggle bus? (laughs) I have to ask myself, has, has God had my attention? Has something else got me distracted? I think about that word dwell, and it's a place where you live, a place where you reside, the place that feels like home to you. So I have to ask myself, Lord, how at home do I feel in your presence? Is that a desire of mine to be in your presence? 
I have found myself praying often, Lord, I don't want prayer to feel like a foreign place to me. When I kneel, when I stand, whatever my mode of prayer is, I, I want to have a desire. I want my attention to be toward Him. I want to feel at home in His presence. It's, it's the place I want to dwell in. Another point that David made is he said he wanted to behold the beauty of the Lord. And I began to think, well, Lord, what is beautiful in your house? What, what can I look at that is the beauty of the Lord? I can't see him, but I can see the effects or the impact of what he's doing. And my mind goes to, there's something beautiful about it when somebody is receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost or when someone begins to cry out with sincerity and tears are streaming down their face. Lord, that's beautiful. That's beautiful to see a soul come into truth and just their life change. That is the beauty of the Lord. That is what I want to seek after. So maybe it's, Lord, help me to, to desire souls. Maybe it's, Lord, help me to desire to have my attention on you and not be distracted by other things because Lord knows it happens to us. Okay, so our next one thing is going to come from Mark chapter 10, verse 21. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him and said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, take up thy cross, or take up the cross, and follow me. So again, after I read this, I'm going to ask myself some questions. Who, what, and how? So who? In this case, it's Jesus that's speaking to a man. We don't know his name, but sometimes he is often referred to as the rich young ruler. What is the focus? Something is lacking. Jesus told him to sell what he had and to give to the poor. The Lord was trying to lead him to a place of surrender is, is one way that I could think about this and how to apply this. Sometimes there are things in our life that are not sin or are not sinful, but they can be unnecessary weights. So perhaps this man had a possession that caused him to put more focus on the treasures on earth than the treasures in heaven. So again, it's not that things in our life are sinful to own or have, but I don't want the things that I own or have, my possessions, to possess me or come between me and my walk with the Lord. So I have to ask myself honestly, is there a possession, something I have in my life, a habit, a, a, a whatever, that is competing for my attention? So maybe there's something in my life that I really like to do and it's, it's real time consuming. So I, I enjoy it. I do it a lot. And maybe the Lord's trying to tug on my heart just a little bit and tell me, you know, I, I want you to give this to me. or I want you to spend less time doing this. And my flesh wants to fight that a little bit. I, I heard uh, somebody say once that anything that I allow to get between me and Jesus is closer to Jesus than I am. 
when I heard that, that hit me so hard because I began to think, you know, I, I can't see everything that could be a hindrance to my relationship with him. Um, some things I just, you know, in my, in my flesh, or I just don't realize maybe in, in the moment or at that time, how this could be interfering with my walk with God. But the Lord sees, and he's not saying or asking for me to give these things up or surrender them as a mode of punishment or to hurt me, but he can see that this is a hindrance. He may want to take me deeper or take me further than what I've been before with him, but he can't do that if there is a hindrance or something in the way, something that I won't let go of. If we look at verse 21 in that same section of scripture, Jesus says, or the the word says, Jesus beholding him loved him. He loves me. This isn't about restrictions. This is about a relationship. He wants a relationship with us. So looking um, in Mark 10, 17, again, the same area, it says that the man was running towards him and he was asking him about eternal life. Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? This he, he had heaven on his mind. You know, he was asking about eternal things. But when God pointed out that one thing, it was like, you know, the, the struggle of the flesh came in so strong and it was hard for him to respond with obedient surrender. And when I think about that, it makes me think about the necessity for an altar in my life to where if I don't have that daily altar, it makes it really hard for me to get into a place of obedient surrender when the Lord says, hey, I, I, I want you to give that to me or, hey, I need you to surrender that. My, my heart's not ready because I, I haven't gone to the altar to to die daily and and. and and, and put my life before him of, Lord, whatever you want, whatever you need, I trust and believe that you have my interest, my best interest at heart. So one thing was lacking. I don't want my possessions to possess me. I don't want my possessions to win the competition for my attention. I want God to have it. So then our next one, we're looking in Luke 10, 42. But one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. So again, I read this, and I'm going to ask myself some questions to try to help me understand this. Who, what, and how? So who, in this case, it's Jesus, and he's talking to Martha. They're talking about Mary. And the focus is on the choice that Mary made. Something was needful. And it says, Mary hath chosen that good part. But how does this apply to me? Well, I've often prayed, Lord, this is what I want, but you know what I need. (laughs) And that's easier said than done, or that's easier to say than to submit to. But verse 40 of that same section of scripture, Martha, it says that Martha was cumbered or distracted by much serving. So Martha felt like she needed to do these things, whatever those things were. There was something that she felt was important that she wanted to get done. Maybe for us, it's some kind of service or activity that we feel like we we need 
to do. But sometimes we can get so wrapped up in our doing that the doing becomes a distraction. I may want to do this or that, but what's the one thing that's really needful right now? If I look a little closer at what Mary was doing, Mary sat at the feet of Jesus and heard his word. The Lord had her attention. But then there's Martha. And Jesus says, thou art careful and troubled about many things. Careful means to take thought. And in this case, something really was taking her thought. It was taking her thought off what was needful at that moment. So I asked myself, what could be taking my thoughts? What is distracting me? And the common thread thus far in these three examples that we've gone over is is kind of the common thread of attention. So our first verse was a desire. One thing have I desired. If I, if something has my desire, it's going to have my attention. If I really enjoy doing something and my desire is towards that, it's going to have my attention. And then we talked about the one thing that was lacking um, with the, the second example. I don't want my possessions to possess me and come between me and the Lord in this relationship. So I have to ask myself, honestly, is there something competing for my attention when I know I should spend a little more time with the Lord or with things of the kingdom, but is there something competing for that attention? And then with this example here, what's the one thing that was needful? Well, Jesus had Mary's attention, but Martha's doing became a distraction. So the common thread between those first three is where's your attention? Next, we're going to John chapter 9 and 25. He answered and said, Whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know, that whereas I was blind, now I see. So who is talking here? It's a, it's a blind man that Jesus had just healed, and he is speaking to the Pharisees because they're questioning him. And the focus is on what he knows. He was sure of this one thing. He couldn't answer all their questions, but this one thing he did know, he had an experience with the Lord. And at times we can be in a valley or in a season and going through things and it seems like there's all these questions that we aren't able to answer and problems that have no solution. But this one thing I do know, God is real. And I can look back on experience after experience and think of moments where God did come through. So it's standing on what I know, standing on what I know to be true in his word, but then also standing on what I know to be true by experience. So maybe there's times where I begin to doubt his love or I feel alone or I feel just like, God, where are you? And Maybe it's, it's thinking back to those moments where God did prove his love to you. And maybe this is just an opportunity where I'm feeling alone and maybe I'm feeling, you know, the struggle's real for me to trust and stand on what I do know. Because it's in those moments where I begin to stand on what I do know and the experiences I've had with him in my relationship thus far and on his word 
that helps me to grow even deeper in my walk with him. Our last one, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. So the who in this case is Peter. He's writing to the church. And then the focus is time with the Lord. I mean, he's talking about years and days. It's, it's about time. So how does this apply to me? When I read this, I think of Genesis when it tells us that Methuselah was 969 years old. So the lifespan of Methuselah was almost, not, not quite, but almost a thousand years. The oldest man in the Bible, 969 years, his entire lifespan did not even come equal to what one day with the Lord would be. Think about that time. Sometimes we can toss around the word forever as if it's just, it's a common thing. You know, I was standing in line at the store forever. It took us forever to get there. This season or this trial has been going on forever. But then when I begin to read words or read in his word where it uses the word forever or begins to talk about eternity, it's almost like I've become numb to what forever and eternity really means. So when Peter begins to write about one day with the Lord is as a thousand years, have I really grasped what that means? means. Peter's saying, don't be ignorant of this one thing. Be mindful of it. Eternity is forever. I want to be mindful that eternity is real. Peter again told them not to be ignorant of it. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. That day, his return is coming. I can remember as a kid hearing that the Lord is coming back. And I remember being taught about heaven or hell. And I can just very clearly remember one day hearing that. And I mean, I, I believed it. I heard it. And it was just like, I was, I was scared. <laughs> the, the Lord's coming back. But then the older I got and the more I heard it, and I, I became less mindful of, of his return. And, and I, I, started to think, well, you know, he, I got time. I'm cool. And, and if we're not careful, if we're not mindful, we can hear and read about the Lord coming back and we can hear about eternity and we can hear about all these things and become numb to, to what it really means. I want to hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I want to spend eternity forever with him. But in order to do that, I've got to be mindful of the time that he has given me right now. It may not be in my lifetime that the Lord comes back. (laughs) But if I can look at it this way, I gave him my life while I had. I don't want to look back (laughs) 
or be in this moment where it's too late and look back and think, I wish I would have given the Lord more of my time. I, I, I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have done that. Again, the, the Lord may not come back in my lifetime, but while I have time, I want to give him my life.